and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond, and alongside me, Rachel Burford. We are live, recording live at Burford, from the city of Malaga Stadium, here on the Costa del Sol. We've been on the mic all weekend, hence the, uh, the late release of the pod, but we just thought we'd soak up the weekend, and uh, the men's final is going on now. Uh, the women's final has just finished, but we're going to hopefully kind of grab a couple of players as well. We're going to talk about a bit of Premier 15s as well, but... Anyway, we're back together. We are. Hello. Commentating. I know. Oh, yeah. And uh, now on the pod as well as uh, the men's final goes on. They're getting a few looks from a few people. You're out here uh, commentating for, for World Rugby. We've just seen the USA win the final. And um, deserve a champions for you? Do you know what? They've, they've really come along. I think if you look back at the quarterfinal... England had them up against the ropes yep. and a couple of little mistakes for, for England let them off and so and then for them to kick on and put in the performance that they did in their semi-final and then in the final it was unbelievable and I think you know they've had an opportunity to regroup obviously new coaching staff few players have left the squad as well obviously Alev Kelter's now in the UK playing in the Allianz yep. Premier 15 so for them it's a really big result but let's not forget there's a couple of big hitters that aren't here that we can't forget about which are New Zealand and Fiji to yet come back into the, the World 7 Series but look they took their opportunity and they were they were sublime in that final did you enjoy commentating? I did. I was really nervous beforehand. But luckily I had you by my side as well as everybody else. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, definitely been harder to call the game than to play it. Um, but yeah, it's brought back lots of great memories from being on the seventh circuit as a player as well. Awesome. Well, yeah, well, you don't have to go straight into an ice bath now. That's the, that's the <laughs> advantage. Now, let's look at the, um, obviously, Australia double champions in Dubai. Um, weren't able to, to get to the final this time round. Why were they? Because they're literally they're just on a crest of a wave in Dubai. What, what went wrong for them this weekend? They really were, weren't they? I think in Dubai they were outstanding back to back. They just never really got going in this tournament. They, you know, they had moments in games, but were never really. Apart from that bronze medal match, they never kept their foot on the puzzle on the pedal. They coming in and out of form. They would score a try, then they would allow another try lots of little mistakes which is just unlike them I mean we rarely say that Charlotte Cashlick drops the ball and she had some of those kind of errors but they absolutely turned it on in that in that bronze medal match and we saw exactly what they're all about yeah absolutely well let's turn our attention to the home nation which should just add yeah Australia picked up the bronze let's turn to the, the home nations England to start I think England had a mixed bag. Um, again, really stepped up in that last game against Poland. But, you know, how do you push a side like USA, who just won in an incredible fashion, but then drop a couple of games and not be able to form? So I think all in all, they'll be happy with a lot of things that they've improved on, but there's so much growth there still for that squad. There were seven debutants. Yep. You've got to remember that. It's a new squad. They've, I think it's 22 days that they've had together yep. as an England squad. Remember, because they've switched over from Team GB now. So there's lots of promise. And hopefully, you know, from some of the areas that went really well from this weekend, but the things that they really have to learn from is being able to turn it on from minute one. They had a slow start and they built into it. You can't do that, not with the amount of talented teams here. And Mag Jones certainly added to her highlights reel. Oh, she's something else, isn't she? I mean, 
the things that she creates for her team, the individual brilliance, and we've been calling her Magic Meg all weekend because she is magical to watch. Ireland are here. They, in fact, they're just sitting just just behind us under blankets because oh. it's it's very cold here in Malaga. So do be careful what you say, Perth. <laughs> um, but how did you how do you think Ireland got on this weekend? I think you saw a huge step up from Ireland. They probably underperformed in Dubai. Um, and so they've really gone away, worked on that, and then come out here. And they really built throughout the day. They put an impressive, narrow defeat against Australia. And then, you know, to then go on and do what they did to England. You know, it wasn't that England were terrible, but Ireland were just too good and so good. And what about some of the sort of fringe-type nations one of your home countries, Poland, were in there. Russia, of course, got to the final. We've seen Belgium come here and make their debut. What do you make of the sort of other nations involved? I think it's been brilliant. I think, A, for the women's game, to see different nations here performing. You know, Belgium and Poland, two really late calls in yeah. because of, you know, COVID situations, not allowing certain teams to be able to travel and be here. And they really took it to every team. You know, they probably knew that they are complete underdogs, but... They turned up and they tried everything. They never gave up. I mean, Poland beat Canada, who's a World Series regular. Yeah. Belgium got their final win. And, and so their final game, they managed to get a win. So it's just incredible how much they've learned and grown over the two, the three days. You know, Russia is a story of something else. You know, came here with nine players, ended in the final, lined up with eight players all weekend. The same seven starting. And for anybody who plays sevens knows how long, brutal this game is on the legs and on the lungs. So for them to be able to go all the way that they did and be able to produce the rug and play the rugby they were playing was just unbelievable. Yeah, it was uh, Brazil that uh, the Belgian people, forgive me that one because yeah, there's a lot of teams <laughs> and a lot of players and three very, very long days uh, up here uh, in the cold. It's 17 all in the men's final. We're literally, we're literally here live. Um, you can hear the, the hoopering, wallering going on a, a, around us. Where does this take the, the, the women's games? You say there's core teams in the world of sevens, but when you get this these invitational teams, and yeah, we've seen some, some slight mismatches and whatever, but if we are going to grow this game properly globally, financially, you know, those decisions always come into it. Sevens is going to be the way that we do it, and the likes of Belgium and Poland will take a huge amount from occasions like this. Oh, massively. And I think, you know, we want to be a global game and we want to be a global sport. That means we've got to have eyeballs on our sports from around the world. And what what, to the, what these weekends would have done for Poland and for Belgium, you know, home fans watching, galvanised by it, can really have a spike and an effect. You know, that can then influence their programme for all the Europeans tournaments that they play. You know, Poland... Anna Klihoska said in post-match interview, we want to be on this World Series. And that's all that's in their mind. So an opportunity for them to qualify, to be on the World Series, is very much in their minds. And I think it's wonderful. And Quinn's player, you know very well in the Belgium team. You managed to to catch up with him. I just need to try and catch her uh, in a moment or two and get her to to come on on, on the pod. But it's been a wonderful experience for for her and, and, and the Belgian players? Yeah, I, I spoke to Ella before we came out here and she was worried. They were nervous that they weren't going to be able to keep up with the standard. And, and look, you know, when you play on this circuit, the experience and the knowledge that you have for it, it's really difficult to come in. But they put on some wonderful rugby. They 
turned teams around. They scored a couple of brilliant tries. Just as South Africa are about to score now. I feel like I'm back in commentary mode. Of <laughs> <laughs> course, there's been a brilliant opportunity for these lesser rugby nations, with, with, with all respect, due to um, the COVID situation and, and the experience. Anna Amory here from, from Belgian and Harlequins. Hiya. <laughs> How awesome has this weekend been playing on the World Series for your country? Um, pretty awesome, yeah. I think it's an amazing experience for us all, like to obviously learn a lot from, from the world stage and be, you know, be playing against like Australia and teams, teams we, dream, we dream of like meeting and just, just seeing on the pitches is amazing, yeah. And your rugby journey continues. What was your favourite game? this weekend um, I think they're pretty all of them are pretty like amazing like each of them are really good uh, but I think the one against Brazil was, was really good it just shows like how sevens can go you know either way uh, I think we kept the ball really well and yeah we just we just showed, showed I guess one of the World Series team that we can we can do it we can beat them and it's just building blocks from, from now on and just going forward awesome thank you so much for joining us on the Women's Rugby we really appreciate it Go and rest up. We'll see you in Sevilla. She's a pro. Isn't she just? Yeah, just pulled her in. Yeah, see you later, Beth. Uh, <laughs> Ella's coming on. I'm Sarah Hedene, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, let's move away from the world of sevens and back to the world of fifteens. I was going to talk to you about um, your last gas loss to Exeter last weekend, but... Your blush has been saved by a few technical issues and us being, being out here in Malaga. Uh, this weekend, uh, rearranged fixtures. Loughborough 41 at the home of Wasps. That's a, it's a decent victory. Those two both trying to make it into the top four. And a huge congratulations to another co-host, Sarah Hunter, MBE, on her 50th appearance for Loughborough Lightning. South Sharks 26, Saracens 41. Probably no su- surprises there with that result, but apparently a really tough fixture for Saracens. And Worcester Warriors won away at DMP Sharks 74-5. Well, fairly expected those results? Yeah, I think so. I think I probably didn't expect Loughborough to put as many points on Wasp, but, you know, when you've got your golden girl Meg Jones out here with us, that does make a big difference. But for me, you know, looking at that score, 41-26, having played away at Stale Sharks, knowing how tough they are, um, the halftime score, I believe, was 21-26. So it's been the story for Stale Sharks this year, hasn't it? The first half has always been really, really positive, really strong, but just don't have that kind of experience. And yep. that probably the, the level of play, playing that at that level for long enough yet to really stay in the fight against those against yeah. the teams. Yeah, and I think we've got to realise, haven't we, that these these are literally brand new teams. That it, it takes a while, doesn't it, to to bed in? I mean, you guys did that incredibly well. Uh, you know, you else bulls and what have you? And you did that almost a year ahead of, of becoming a sort of fully fledged Harlequin side. But it is going to take a, a time for Katie Daly McLean, MBE, <laughs> to uh, to bed the side to bed the side in but they're certainly very much challenging and that gives us great hope for the future of the league and and, and the likes of Sales Sharks on a slightly different note I wanted to talk to you about about DMP and a a joint press release that that came out last week 
from the RFU saying they're sort of helping out the MP and what have you. Um, for me, that boat left the harbour and it sailed to the other side of the Mediterranean as we look at it here some time ago. For me, it's, it's too little, too late. They've been in trouble since day one and they needed that help. Yeah, you're right, they have. And, and I'm not understanding why all of a sudden now it's taken something to actually have an intervention to support them and help them. But, you know, so many people have come out and said so many. We spoke about it last week as well on the pod around... You know, those players give up everything and everything to, to put on that shirt and to really represent that club yep. as best they can. And I think we've got to recognise that sometimes everything being equal isn't helpful. And I think when we see we need to intervene sooner if we want to have this great league and we really need to have the northeast of London having role models, having a game, having it right on the doorstep so we can develop this game across the country, not just in its hotspots, then we've got to make sure that we intervene a lot sooner when problems arise. Because the RFU themselves have always spoken about the geographic nature of sides and, and having to grow the game in, in every region. And, and DMP, Durham Sharks, for that reason, represent something you know, very, very important. But you can't let them flounder. What was it when you first played them? 105 nil. Alarm bells are ringing in that first game. You know, you, you, you've got an elite program with the likes of Scott Beeman, uh, obviously different coaches and what have you, uh, and Simon Middleton. Could they not pop up there for a day or two? Uh, and just go and have a help out, pick their brains, just go and help them out a little bit more. This, for me, it's, it's, it's utter reaction. It's not a proactive action at all. It's utter reaction. And, yeah, it's something that, you know, RFU are famous for. Yeah, look, I think probably Simon Middleton and Scott Beeman probably do go up there, but going up there for a day isn't going to change. It needs to have a full relook at the programme and how they can really, you know, make change over time, not just kind of, oh, well, we'll throw this in for this week and then that week. That doesn't help anybody. But, you know, I really hope whatever intervention and whatever plans they do have for DMP, it does support them because having played against them, and it doesn't, like I said before, it doesn't matter what the scoreline says, they absolutely give everything. And we're really proud of the fact that they do turn up, you know, maybe even knowing that they're not going to win, but they'll still fight as much as they can. And they've got respect from all the teams in the league, but they just need more support. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed, they do. Brown, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Short and sweet pod this week. Are we alive? and I, not only in the same venue, but as I say, live at the City of Malaga Stadium on the Costa del Sol for the HSBC World Rugby 7 Series. South Africa, men have just lifted the title. We've just witnessed the USA lifting the women's title as well. A little bit of news to catch up on. Uh, Wales, after, of course, delivering not 10, but 12 professional contact. We talked to Sean Lillicrap about that. But also these sort of wider contracts, sort of retainer contracts. But again, it's just more positive steps. Yeah, it is. There was always mention, wasn't there, that they were going to be coming in. So it's good to see that those players have now been named and part of that. You know, a couple of the players that you'll know from the Allianz Premier 15s, Abby Fleming, Gwen Crabb, Georgia Evans, Kat Evans. But also, they've also re- released their training squad that not necessarily everybody in that squad has a retainer or a semi-professional. Right. And it's interesting to see the likes of Karis Williams, 
you know, since the new eligibility law that's come in, now she has an opportunity to go and represent Wales. Same with um, Emma Swords, number nine at Harlequins. Yeah. Also got some some Welsh heritage in, in her as well. So, yeah, it's great to see great things coming out of the Welsh camp. Yeah, absolutely. Only positive steps, as you say, coming out of the Land of the Dragon. From the Land of the Dragon to the Land of the Long White Cloud. News from New Zealand. Oh, picky. Super rugby fixtures are out. We won't take you all through them. But, of course, I mean, it's brilliant news, isn't it? Proper super rugby franchises, of course. You've got the Blues, the Chiefs, Hurricanes, Manawa 2 as well. Very, very needed after the autumn that New Zealand had. But, again, it's just it's another small step forward for women's rugby in a country that's so passionate about the game. Yeah, it is. And it's a dream come true, I think, to a lot of the players who have grown up in those provinces and supported those teams. And now they get to pull on those jerseys. So, yeah, it's a really big step. And it's not just a small step for me. I think it's a big step with a long journey to go. And, you know, on the back of the rumours around the contracts as well, there's lots of good things coming out of New Zealand. And look, we know how passionate they are. There's no way that they're going to sit back and not try and put as much as they can in place because look what are we seven months away eight months away from a yeah. biggest tournament in women's rugby they're going to need to do something and it's a huge year i mean across the board isn't it i mean we're here to say the sevens live hence all the, the background noise but oh, i think it's a slightly different pot i quite like it um there's world cup sevens as well it's commonwealth games as well it's women's world cup can I have your predictions to who's going to win them all, please, Rachel Burford? Oh, on the spot! Bosh! Oh, that's really hard to call because we haven't seen Fiji play, haven't seen New Zealand play for, for the Sevens. Um, oh, Commonwealth Games. England could do it. Okay, I'll go New Zealand. Okay. Next. Uh, common, oh, no, done that. World Cup World Sevens. Cup. Cape Town. God, France is so good. At times. USA are so good at times, yeah. But you're going on form from New Zealand that we've not seen them come back and do yet. That's right, Sportsman's bet. I'm going to win that one. Next. Oh, yeah, I don't know about that one. I'm going Australia. And the (laughs) Women's World Cup 15s. Well, I don't think you look past England. I think France will be close. But the form that they are, it's theirs to lose at the moment. 100% agreed. We are agreed on that one. Wow. I know, honestly. Not agreed (laughs) on much all weekend. But (laughs) this has been great fun, isn't it? It's just lovely to to actually sit. We sit in the stands here. Cool evening. There are cold beers and glasses of Rioja waiting for us. uh, And fully deserved after, yeah, pretty decent weekend of work. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Will you come and do it again? So I hope I get re-invited back. I've I got to head back um, tomorrow. I've got a really big, important game at the weekend. So yeah, I'd love to come back and do commentary. It's been really good fun, but it's always about the company that you're in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wasn't around you all weekend. <laughs> She's normally, learning. Normally, you do those to me. She's learning, ladies and gentlemen. She is learning. I've, I've rubbed off on her all weekend. A hey, great pleasure to be back at the Women's Rugby Pod. We will be back. This is a special version, so we're not calling this a regular WRP. So, episode 
99 will be next week and then a week after that we have a very special 100th episode for you so from the city of Malaga Stadium here on the Costa del Sol bye Beth bye Johnny